and these people on our worship team, Brennan, Robin, all you guys this morning, are they amazing or what? They're amazing. <laughs> so I feel so um, honored and privileged and excited to have the opportunity to share with you all this morning. And it's a message that I am very passionate about. And we are going to talk this morning about when you're at the end of your rope. What do you do when you are at the end of your rope? Because if you haven't noticed already, sometimes life just doesn't go the way that you thought it would. Am I right? <laughs> so what do you do when you find yourself in a season where you have no idea what God is up to in your life? What do you do when you find yourself run down, discouraged, ready to just throw in the towel, ready to quit? to give up. What do you do when you're at the end of your rope? Because our response when we're at the end of our rope matters. And there's some good ways that we can respond and there are some not so good ways we can respond when we're at the end of our rope. Let's talk about some ones that are maybe not so good. Binge watching Netflix. Anyone ever been there? A tub of ice cream, perhaps? Anyone been there? Or what about lashing out at the people in your world? What about withdrawing from the situation, spacing out, giving up in that way? So those are some not so healthy ways. What are some healthy ways? Because there's lots of those as well. What about prayer? What about getting yourself in your life group maybe? Going to people you trust and sharing with them where you're at and letting them gather around you and support you in prayer and support you in life. So there's some good responses some not-so-good responses, and I'm going to talk this morning about an unexpected response, something you can do when you're at the end of your rope that might seem a little bit unexpected, but it can really help you when you're in a difficult season. So we're going to look this morning at the story of two guys who are having a pretty awful time. They find themselves in a really awful circumstance, and they decide to respond in this unexpected way. They choose to, any guesses? <gasps> Worship, yes. <laughs> so we're going to look at the story of Paul and Silas this morning, and what can we learn from Paul and Silas and the way that they handled themselves when they were at the end of their rope. And before you tune me out, because <laughs> I know some of you are already thinking, you're thinking, Aaron, if you knew the season that I was in right now, if you knew the week that I just had, then you would not be asking me to worship right now. You just, you wouldn't be asking me to worship right now. If I, if I could know where you were really at, I wouldn't ask you to do that. And perhaps this morning, you're actually so overwhelmed by the problems in your life, by the situation that you're facing. Perhaps you are so overwhelmed that worship actually feels impossible. And can I tell you, church, that it's actually in those times when you are at the end of your rope, it's in those times that it is more critical than ever that we worship. Because how many of you know 
that God is always worthy of our worship. God is always worthy of our worship. So if you're here this morning and you're at the end of your rope, because I am positive that there are people here this morning, you are at the end of your rope. You are feeling run down, discouraged, beaten down, and broken, and you're not sure how you're going to keep going. If you're there, can I encourage you to lean in this morning, to press in to God this morning, and what he might have to say to your heart this morning, the things that he wants to whisper into your heart this morning. Because God does not want us to live defeated and discouraged at the end of our rope. He has so much more for us. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at Paul and Silas. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have gotten each and every one of us here this morning. And Lord, for every person who is feeling discouraged, feeling broken down, feeling like they're at the end of their rope, Lord, I just want to pray a special blessing over them right now. And God, for those of us who maybe aren't in that season right now, we know, Lord, that those seasons will come. So would you just help us all to take this message to heart? And maybe for now it's just tucking it in our back pocket for later. But Lord, would you bring hope this morning? Would you bring encouragement? Would you bring life into this place? And by your spirit, just move and have your way that we would leave this place empowered to live a life for you even when we're in a difficult season. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. So let's check it out. We're going to go to Acts chapter 16 for the story of Paul and Silas. And I hear rustling. Are there people here with, like, Bibles? Real paper Bibles? Yes! Can we all just, like, give them a round of applause? Way to go. <laughs> These screens make it so easy. So a little bit of context before we start to read. Paul and Silas in this situation, they're on their way to a place of prayer when they're met by a slave woman. And this slave woman woman has a spirit in her that enables her to predict the future. So she does fortune telling and she makes a ton of money for her slave owner. So long story short, she encounters Paul and Silas and they, in the name of Jesus, cast this spirit out of her. So she's no longer able to do fortune telling. Now this made her slave owner mad because he was making all of this money off of her and now he doesn't have that opportunity. So he's mad and he actually takes Paul and Silas and he drags them to the authorities. And that's where we pick up in verse 22. And it says this, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. So I'm going to pause for a second before we go to the next verse. Because can you imagine their frustration and their confusion in this moment. I mean, they were actually serving God. It says they were on their way to a place of prayer. They were serving God wholeheartedly in their lives. And all of a sudden, they find themselves 
beaten with rods, flogged, thrown in prison, and put in chains. So it's easy to imagine how discouraged they must have been, how frustrated with God. They could have even been pretty mad with God. I mean, to be honest, I would probably be pretty mad with God if I found myself in that kind of situation. And yet here's where we see their response. Verse 25 says this, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Praying and singing hymns to God. They were worshiping. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So we are going to talk this morning about four things that happen when we choose to worship when we're at the end of our rope. And you'll be thankful because they all start with a P. So you can remember them really easily. Sound good? I'm going to test you at the end, okay? These are the four Ps of what happens when you worship when you're at the end of your rope. And the first one is this. It's protection. Protection. When you choose to worship at the end of your rope, you will find yourself under the protection of God. And we have an enemy in this life. And our enemy actually can't touch us when we worship. He can't touch us. And he knows that he can't touch us when we worship. So what is he going to do? He's going to do everything in his power to stop you from worshiping. What's he going to do? He is going to plant doubt and discouragement into you. And he is the father of lies. So he's going to lie to you. He's going to tell you that God has forgotten about you. He's going to tell you that God doesn't love you. He's going to say, if God really loved you, if he really cared about you, would he really let this happen in your life? He's going to lie to you. But that's why when we actually worship in spirit and in truth, the enemy loses his power over us. His words lose power over us. And the truth sets us free. And so looking at Paul and Silas, again, you can imagine them. Imagine what words the enemy might have been speaking into their lives when they were in that prison cell. Imagine the discouragement, the defeat, the fear of what was going to happen to them. And they had a choice in that moment, and they chose to worship. And now on Sundays, when you're here, I know worship is a lifestyle, but we're just this morning focusing in. When you're here on a Sunday morning, and we're singing these songs of worship, have you ever noticed that these songs that we choose— They actually declare truths. They declare truths about who God is and what he is able to do and how wonderful and majestic he is. 
We sing these songs and they remind us that God is faithful, that he's good, that he's with us. He's our savior. He's our redeemer. He's our strong tower. He's a mighty conqueror. He is the prince of peace. And as we declare the truths of scripture, as we worship, the enemy and his voice just fades away. It loses power over us. So when we worship, that's point number one, protection. We experience God's protection. Point number two. Can you say point number two? Just making sure you're still awake. Can you say point number two? (laughs) It's perspective. When we worship, it brings us perspective. And that means that we are actually taking our eyes off of our problems, off of ourselves, off of our situations, and we're putting our eyes on Jesus. Putting our eyes on Jesus. And it's funny how when you worship and you're seeing God for all that he is and all of his wonder, and, you know, you've got your problems and they're in your hands and they feel really big, they feel overwhelming, they feel heavy. How could you possibly handle this when these problems are in your hand? But then as you worship, and you look to God, and you put your problems, casting your anxiety, casting your cares on him, and then you see your problems in his powerful hands, all of a sudden those problems don't seem quite so overwhelming. All of a sudden, you can find hope where maybe there was no hope before. Hebrews 3 verse 1 tells us to fix our thoughts on Jesus, to fix our thoughts on Jesus. And that's what happens when we worship. We're fixing our thoughts on Jesus. And you know that Jesus calms storms, that Jesus can actually calm the storms in your life. We know that Jesus can heal people, that Jesus can heal broken relationships. He can help heal sicknesses, and he can do that in our lives as well. And we know that he can feed the 5,000. So we know that he can provide for us as well when we're in these difficult situations. We know that Jesus can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Imagine how our perspective changes when we fix our thoughts on Jesus. And the incredible thing about worship is that it can actually move us. It can move us from fear into faith. It can move us from doubt into trust. And it can move us from anxiety into peace. So Paul and Silas, I think this is pretty amazing. Imagine them again. They're sitting in their prison. They've got chains around their ankles, maybe chains on their hands, I don't know. They're in chains. And somehow, as they worshipped, they saw God instead of their prison walls. They saw a God who could set them free. They didn't rely on their own understanding, but they trusted in him and knew that these chains were nothing to God, that he could set them free. There's this really cool verse in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says our citizenship 
is in heaven. And I love that idea that we are citizens of heaven. Now, there's citizens of this earth and citizens of heaven. Now, if you can imagine, a citizen of this earth is going to look at everything around them and they're only going to see what's around them. They're seeing what is real in the natural. They're seeing walls. They're seeing chains. And that's all there is to it. But a citizen of heaven, someone with that perspective, the citizen of heaven, knows that even though there's walls, we have a God who can break down walls. We have a God of miracles. We have a God who nothing is impossible for. So worship, fixing our thoughts on Jesus, changes our perspective on the things that we face and what's happening in our lives. So point number one, we had protection. Point number two, we had perspective. Point number three is promise. Another P. Do you guys remember them all so far? One, two, three, yeah? Okay, don't forget about the test after. <laughs> promise. Worship points us to the promises of God. And when you are at the end of your rope, when you find yourself in an overwhelming situation, when you are feeling discouraged and ready to quit, it's at those moments that we actually need to be reminded of God's promises more than ever. We need those reminders that we're never alone, that he's never going to leave us, and that he's working all things together for good. We need those reminders. And I don't know about you, but I find that hindsight is 2020 when you're looking at things that, like difficult seasons that you've gone through, where I can look back at some, you know, difficult things that I faced, difficult seasons, and I can see now all the good that God brought out of that situation. But man, how hard is it when you are in that situation to believe that God is actually going to bring good out of it? It is really difficult. And Paul and Silas, they, as we read that story, we see how much good God brought out of that circumstance. So let's look at verse 25, where it says, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. The other prisoners were listening to them. That means that even as they were in the middle of that situation, as they worshipped, their worship was being heard by other prisoners and even jailers probably. And imagine the seeds that God was planting through their worship in that time. I bet Paul and Silas had no idea what was happening in that moment. But as they worshipped, God was planting seeds. Maybe God was even bringing encouragement to people who had been there for years and years saying, oh, yes, like, yeah, there's still hope. Yes, God is still good. Brought hope, planted seeds, even while they were in chains. Verse 29 and 30, we get to see more good that God brought out of this situation. It says this, the jailer called for lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Verse 34, we see more good again. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. 
He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. So we see people meeting Jesus because of Paul and Silas's faithfulness when they were in prison, when they were in that challenging season. And I wonder, because as I mentioned, that hindsight is 2020. You know, we know afterwards that we can look back and, and we can see the good things that God has done. But imagine if while we were in the prison cell, while we were at the end of our rope, while we were in that difficult season, imagine if we could trust God in that moment enough to worship him. Imagine if we could worship him for miracles that we knew were to come, but we haven't even seen them yet. To worship by faith and not by sight. To live by faith and not by sight. Trusting in his promise to bring good out of every circumstance. When we worship, we are pointed to God's promise. That's point number three. Point number four, are you ready? Are you still with me? <laughs> are you still with me? <laughs> Thank you, because this is a good one. Point number four is power. When we worship, the power of God is unleashed. And we see it here. There is a violent earthquake, and their chains literally fell off. Their chains fell off as they worshipped. And now, for Paul and Silas, it was, the, it was those physical chains, right? But then think of the jailer. Paul and Silas, they worship. God moves in power as they worship. And the jailer actually comes to them in bondage to his sin. He was in chains to his sin. And he becomes set free from those chains by the power of Jesus, by the power of the gospel. Set free. And I wonder this morning, are there chains in your life right now? What are the chains that are holding you back? What are the chains that God wants to set you free from today? Because I can bet there are people here who are chained in many, many different ways. And when we worship, the power of God is unleashed to break chains in our lives. And I just have to say, don't underestimate what God can do when you're at the end of your rope. Don't underestimate what God can do when you are at the end of your rope. And we see it here time and time again how God comes through bringing good, bringing his power, bringing perspective, bringing protection as they worshipped. So let's go back to that question of when you're at the end of your rope. What do you do when you're at the end of your rope? And I told you at the beginning that this topic was one that I am very very passionate about. And the reason that I'm so passionate about it is because I have seen these truths at work in my own life time and time again when I have gone through difficult seasons. And I have seen God show me himself in new ways, in a lot of these ways, 
as I have worshipped in these times. And I'll give you an example. Even just a, f- a few weeks back, I, I'd kind of been just having a, um, a rough week, and I was feeling discouraged. I was feeling pretty run down and tired and, you know, just kind of ugh, one of those weeks, you know? Ugh. Anyone? <laughs> and as I find myself there, it's a Thursday night. And so though, for those of you who don't know, we have worship rehearsal on Thursday night. And so, you know, I'm at that point. I'm just like, oh, okay, here we go. Like, let's, let's get her done. Let's, let's do this. And I get into worship rehearsal. Aren't I a good worship leader? I'm just being real here. <laughs> Hope that's okay. So I get into that worship rehearsal. And here's what happens in our rehearsals is we'll sing a song once. And then we'll talk about it a little bit. And we'll say, like, okay, well, we need to make a change here and make a change there. And then we sing the same song again. And then, you know, we talk about it a little more. And then we sing the same song again. And so we're singing these songs time and time again. And it's a good thing we sing them more than once because sometimes my heart doesn't pick up on it the first time. Sometimes not even the second time I'm not quite there. But there was one song that we were singing, and it was probably the third time we sang it, where it finally went from head to heart. The message finally settled into my spirit. And I realized how important it was that I didn't quit singing, didn't quit worshiping at when I was, you know, my head wasn't in that, right, in that right place. Because the third time, God got through to me. And this was the lyric we were singing. By your spirit, I will rise. By your spirit, I will rise. From the ashes of defeat. By your spirit, I will rise. From the ashes of defeat. And I was feeling defeated. I was feeling run down, tired out, you know, at the end of my rope. And it was by his spirit. It clicked. Oh, God, it's by your spirit that I'm going to rise out of this. It's not by me mustering up this strength. It's not by me mustering up something inside of some kind of strength inside of me. No, no. It's by your spirit I will rise from the ashes of defeat. And then it goes on to say this. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. And all of a sudden, I realize, wow, the power, the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead resides in me. Resides in me. And all of a sudden, I felt, oh, I can yeah, I can do this with God by my side. I can do this with God's strength. Maybe I can't do it on my own, but with him, I can. And then we sang the song we were singing before, Hope Has a Name, His Name is Jesus. And then we sang that again, Hope Has a Name, His Name is Jesus. Hope has a name, His name is Jesus. And I realized, wow, where have I been putting my hope? Have I been putting my hope in myself or in my circumstances changing immediately because I said, God, change them now. Or is my hope in Jesus because I trust him to bring good out of every circumstance? Is my hope in Jesus because of his faithfulness and his goodness towards me? And so as I worshipped, I felt the protection of God. I felt the enemy voices start to fade away. The discouraging voices start to fade away. And I And I heard the voice of God cheering me on. I I experienced protection. 
I gained different perspective where I had been trying to do things on my own, trying, waiting for changes to happen, and all of a sudden I knew that it was going to be okay. Even if I stay in this prison cell, I'm not in a prison cell, don't worry, but even if I stay in this circumstance for a while, can I be okay with that? Yes, I can. My perspective is, ch- is my perspective has changed because I know that God is able to do immeasurably more than I could ask or imagine. I was pointed back to his promises that by his spirit, I will rise. By his spirit, by his strength. And I experienced the power of God in that moment as I felt joy just bubble up inside of me in the midst of the circumstances that I was facing. The power of God was unleashed as I worshipped. So what do you do when you're at the end of your rope? And Paul and Silas, they had a choice. They had a choice in that moment. And they chose to worship. They chose to fix their eyes on Jesus. And now I don't know about you, but when my eyes are on Jesus, when my eyes are on the cross, when I think of all that he has done for me, that he paid the price for my sin and died on the cross for me. When I fix my eyes on Jesus, my Savior, my Redeemer, I can't help but worship. And I asked the worship team if we could sing a couple of songs now. We did a little bit different, different order today, but I want us to spend a bit of extra time in worship. So worship team, you guys can come on up. And what if, what if this morning we decide to worship, to worship when we're at the end of our rope? Let's see together the protection of God. Let's gain new perspective on what's happening in our lives. Let's be reminded of all of his promises and let's see his power unleashed in this place to break chains off of us. Let me pray and then, like I said, we're gonna sing a couple of songs before we go. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for all that you are for all that you've done for us. Lord, you are so good to us. Lord, and even when we can't see you, even when we have no idea what you're up to in our lives, even when we are at the end of our rope, we know and we can trust in your faithfulness. We can trust in your promise to bring good out of every situation. Lord, we can trust in your power to set us free by your spirit, Lord, that it's not by our own strength, Lord, but it's by your spirit. Lord, may the truth set us free this morning from the chains that are holding us back from running after you and serving you. God, would you move in this place so powerfully in these next few moments, that this would be a moment that we would remember for the rest of our lives. 
that moment when we worshiped, entered your presence and saw you for all that you are in all of your glory, all of your wonder and all of your power. Spirit, we invite you to have your way in us, have your way when we are at the end of our rope. Lord, may we, may we leave this place inspired by your word, encouraged by your word. Lord, you are good, you are faithful. You are here with us. You love us so deeply. We love you, Father. Have your way in this place, we pray in Jesus' name.